Well, like, w- one one of the topics that I was going to throw out that I, I, I wish that they would address at some point was like, the Berenstain Bears getting a car accident. Oh. So we could say something like, um, when the Red Roadster goes off the street... <laughs> keep going. He hits Farmer Ben. And ends in a heap. That's the worst rhyme. Street and heap? <laughs> well, he just mentioned Farmer Ben. It's supposed to rhyme. I don't know where he's going with this. When the red roadster goes off the street and hits Farmer Ben just beneath his feet. <laughs> this isn't this isn't like a this isn't a play in verse. <laughs> I guess what Mike does is actually a lot harder than we realize. What if we just accept that and move on? Welcome back to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bearcast. I'm Phil Gonzalez, and today I've got two delightful boys here in studio with me. Boys, why don't you reintroduce yourselves to our listening audience? Hello, I'm Bradley Mariska, and I'm the world's largest Berenstain Bear collector, and I live in Minnesota. And I'm Jeremy Gloff. I have the world's second largest Berenstain Bear book collection, and I live in Tampa, Florida. And as usual, we have to uh, explain to our audience that Bradley is not the largest Berenstain bear collector. Well, I might be. I'm 6'2". I'm pretty big. He is. <laughs> but he does have the world's largest collection Terrible. of Berenstain bears. Gosh. Every, Every time. Semantics. We are a semantics uh, podcast. And uh, and uh, these are my collector guys, and they join me every uh, few episodes, every few months, to talk about fascinating uh, the just things within the world of the Berenstain Bears. And today, we're actually going to be talking about Berenstain Bear books that don't necessarily exist. <laughs> or that don't exist. I guess they don't exist. They don't exist. Being the geniuses that we are, we've all come up with a few ideas that we think would be wonderful books. How many books are in the or uh, how many books uh, I guess not books how many stories would you say exist within the Berenstain Bears universe Probably about maybe maybe as many as 400 4 to, somewhere to 4 to 500 That's generally what I tell people like when people are like oh are they still making Berenstain Bear books and then I say yes and they say like wow how many books do you, how many books are there and I'm like well I can tell you that there's well over 400 I usually say well over 400 yeah. at this point Yeah I mean not including like just coloring books and pamphlets and things like that like just story wise there's just so many things but there's obviously a few subjects and ideas that have not been touched on yeah well like i i know you you think i was maybe joking about the car accident um that we we talked about in the in the intro but um i think this is actually a really legit important topic that you know everything is pretty fine and dandy uh, in, in bear country and um I would like to see how Mike handled it if the the Bear family got in a car accident. Has there ever even been a fender bender in any of the books? Yes. In uh, the Berenstain Bears uh, manners, Papa Bear rear ends uh, the large bear who oh, yeah. he starts to yell at until the bear gets out of right, his but car. But that wasn't the focal point of the whole story. Right, right. Right, no. Um, and no one... I just think there's so many different directions you could go here. Like He could make it a book about wearing your seatbelt. He could make it a book about um, uh, drunk driving. He could make it a book about um, you speed know, limit. 
speed limit. Yeah. Would you propose this to be a book that like, is like aimed at young children? Or I mean, I guess I guess they're Berenstain Bear books. I can't imagine who else they'd be named. That. Yeah, since they don't since they don't make the chapter books anymore, I think yeah, keeping it right, right. pretty simple. Like I um, maybe one about car seats and um, and uh, safety belts. I think that would be something that you know could be a good uh, sort of moral to teach. You know, if they get they get into an, an accident, but everyone is okay because they were you know being safe. Or people. Can uh, teach their kids if their parents are drunk not to let them drive. That's a pretty that's a pretty big <laughs> responsibility to put on a to put on a small child. Five year olds take the keys from dad. Right. Not that I had to Give deal with that at all when I was a kid, but you know. Mo- <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Give me the key, Papa. Papa. I actually I think this this holds a lot of potential, um, and I think they should go that direction because you know Mike is still. I feel like Mike is still trying to find his voice as the mm-hmm. author of, and this would be a way of setting himself apart. Be like, hey, you know what? Papa went to a Super Bowl party and got wasted. How is the family going to get home? Maybe it's a book about Uber. I don't know. An Uber versus Lyft book. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that'll get that'll get us deep into political waters. We don't necessarily want to tread. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I just think that that there's I think there's something there. I think there's a lot of different directions you can go, and it's something that you know every kid thinks about. And every time the first time you you get in a car accident, you know, usually at some point in your childhood, it can be upsetting. And that's right. That's where um, Stan and Jan were were their best with dealing with those first time books that were so right. popular mm-hmm. in the. 80s and 90s, and um, I, I think he could he could do a good job with that. I agree. I agree too. I think there's a there's a need for books about little kids ha- like learning how to like deal with traumatic events that aren't necessarily like overwhelmingly traumatic, right. but that can really shake a little kid up. And I think a car accident's a good example. Like nothing life threatening, but like that's very jarring for a child. Sure. I've been in my share, and they are they never stop being jarring as an adult. Oh. So, Jeremy, what's your idea for a – what was an idea you have for a book? Okay, the first one I came up with is The Berenstain Bears Respect All Faiths. It says, oh. a book that details the Cubs encountering people of different religious beliefs, learn to respect and understand each other. At the end of the day, the moral is that being a good bear is what counts and is the common denominator between everybody. You know, all different – it shows that everyone can get along in the same universe no matter what anyone believes. I don't know how – that's kind of a heavy topic, but I think it could be simplified. Well, I think it's a good. I think it's a good uh, opportunity to like bring in outside characters again. Right. Like we've had uh, the new neighbors, like the, the and like neighbor characters never get dealt with. I don't think particularly well. But if you had a, a bear come in who like and the and the cubs were like, oh, like what do you do for Christmas? And the bear was like, oh, we don't we don't do Christmas. Right. Like, I think that's a really good opportunity to have, like, that conversation, especially, like, having kids lead it because they tend to, like, focus a lot on the holidays. You have, like, a Buddha statue, but it's like a bear. I like that. I like that I, a lot. I, I'm wondering if there would be backlash amongst the readers of the the Living Lights series. Yeah, I, I think Because be. I feel like this has been marketed so strongly towards people who are um, – very strong Christians who mm-hmm. um, might like. Obviously, this sounds like a, a great topic for a book, a really important topic for a book. But um, 
might get offended that um, that uh, Mike is like uh, taking attention away from them, or right. or um, uh, do you know what I'm what I'm trying to say here? I kind of like, feel like I wish this is the direction things because the first religious book ever was the big question, right? Yes. So yeah. I kind of wish like this had kind of come at that time to kind of like lay the groundwork for dealing with religion within the series. Right. I do think there's room though. I think there's room within like modern religious publishing for those books that are ev- like we're not promoting other faiths. Right. We are simply acknowledging that they exist and that we need to all get along in this okay. world. Yes. Like, okay, what was that book came out a year or two ago? Maybe it was just the last year, and it was the Berenstain Bears Around the World. Oh, yeah. Yep. How great would have that book been if it had focused on people and cultures, and instead it focused on kind of stereotypes and a few famous buildings? Right. Yeah, because I wasn't, I wasn't a big fan of Around the World. Like, I would love to get some Berenstain Bears stories told from the perspective of bears who live in this world from other cultures. Like if Mike brought in some children's book writers from other cultures and like today we're going to like this book will be a story of the like like this other bear family like with a different last name and like let's look at their life in their treehouse and like maybe maybe like a series of like five or six books that are told from the perspective of different bear families written by different authors that they could just bring in for one book. Like, do like a whole set that more accurately reflects the lifestyles of people from other cultures than you get in a book like Around the World, which is like this weird Epcot Center-esque vision Mm -hmm. of globalism. Not that we don't love the books the way they are, if Mike is listening. Oh, yes, they are are entirely perfect (laughs) books. We're just being creative. (laughs) Right, right, right. This is totally a creative exercise. We're not trying to pull anything out from under you, Mike. I don't know if you actually listen to this show or not. I don't know. You're a very busy man. But I do feel like... um, Back in the 70s, Stan and Jan were kind of open to that, that, um, you know, not every book followed the linear progression, not every book. I, I think actually something that you, you picked up on very, very early on in this podcast, Phil, that was really important for people to realize is that um, there's so many books, especially during the first couple decades or so, that um, take place outside of bear country per se whether it's some Mm. of the bright and early uh beginner books or whether it's like the berenstein bears nursery tales um it was some really different kind of storytelling from a different perspective and it still featured bears and the berenstein bears but it allowed them to use a different voice and um i i i think that might be um something that that could be um an, an inspiration for maybe a new series, like you said. Like, even the Bears' vacation, I felt like that was far away from Bear Country. Like, wherever mm-hmm. they were in that early book. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the ocean Yeah, stuff. we never, we, we don't get them down by, like, the weird, like, sketchy seaside anymore. Right. right. How about the Berenstain Bears down by the sketchy seaside? <laughs> I like that. Well, let's keep going. Brad, what's another idea of yours? Well, actually, um, I wanted to piggyback off of something you you were discussing in a, in a recent um, podcast, and, um, it was about the, the Berenstain Bears pet show. And I was mm-hmm. thinking, you know what? The bears have never gone to the zoo. 
Oh, that's true. They've they've never gone to a I zoo. I don't think so. But and herein lies the problem being what what you've touched on a few times is this idea of like if the bears go to a zoo, they have this really difficult time dealing with the fact that these anthropomor- anthropomorph how do you know how to say that word? <laughs> anthropomorphic. anthropomorphic bears are basically humans, but they're still bears. But it, once in a while, they try to like deal with other animals, and they and they don't seem to quite know how to do that. And I want I want the bears to go to the zoo and to go to the bear den and see how Mike handles that. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, would they be drawn as naked people? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like just a bunch of nude human beings. <laughs> And they're like, look at these bears. <laughs> or would it just be non-anthropomorphized bears that they don't acknowledge are the same as them? Right, like, like Great Natural Bear. Right. Right, right. We, I always forget about Great Natural Bear. He's like the wild card in all yeah, of right. this. Yeah. yeah like, like, Go to the zoo. Yeah, I want him to go to a zoo. Because, A, kids love zoo. And this is the other reason, is that you know they have all these books about first-time experiences. And they just did one where they went to an aquarium. But, but Mike... Like Stan and Jan, they like to draw lots of outdoorsy things. They like to draw nature. They like to draw animals. Um, so it just seems really natural that like going to a zoo would be good. And here's the other thing, too. Zoos have changed a lot in the last 30 or 40 years. And yeah. it'd be really nice to have a b- book for children about going to the zoo and an opportunity for Mike to um, give a good modern um, description or artistic rendering of what a zoo looks like or or should look like. Good idea. I like it. All right, Jeremy, what's yours? All right, now, there's been kind of books like this before, but I don't think it's ever been exactly, you know, sometimes topics are recycled, so I'm taking that liberty with mine. Okay. But mine is the Berenstein Bears celebrate diversity. Okay. So the kids go to school. There's, like, a bear that looks kind of punk. There's, like, the nerdy kid. There's, like, the rock and roll. Maybe even... A gayish kind of bear, but you can't really talk about it. But at the end of the book, brother and sister become friends with this outcast and accept them, even though they're different than everybody. So you're talking about like the idea of a book about like like kids and kids who would normally get like either ignored or people would make assumptions about them without getting to know them. Yeah, like they're so weird looking. So you have like the the bear with the mohawk. (laughs) Yeah. Do kids still do mohawks? My brother does, but he's uh 37. (laughs) that's <laughs> <laughs> not a kid <laughs> what's like the modern equivalent of like the kid with the big mohawk like we're, we're all old we're like uh... I don't know like I even have a kid in high school and I'm like trying to think of like I think it would be like the gender nonconformist I was just gonna I was just gonna say no and this is a tricky subject because um this is actually a topic that I was thinking of was was um dealing with something like an LGBT issue or mm-hmm. um um Someone who doesn't identify you know, gender neutral, someone who doesn't identify that was um, one of mine. gender in a traditional way. But I, I think that, I think actually Jeremy's idea is maybe even better. Just like taking a kid who just doesn't fit in. Yeah. Um, and because that can be applied to many, many different, because, you know, there's different students who don't fit in for many, many different reasons. Well, that, um, so like, what if you had a whole, like a, like a, an offshoot series that was like the eight, like the eight inch books, like the first time books. Right. But it was called like Berenstain Bears, like new ideas or Berenstain Bears, <laughs> like 
modern ideas or something like <laughs> like something but something that like a series of books that tackled subjects that maybe the people who like are picking up the bears for like the Zonder kids things wouldn't be comfortable with mm-hmm. but that are there for parents who want to have ways of addressing issues that maybe they didn't grow up with but that their kids are now encountering in school and maybe they have kids who are like not comfortable with gender labels or they the parents themselves don't have the vocabulary so like you have this book that introduces these new ideas that or maybe they're older ideas that that we're now that we're now able to have like conversations about you see i'll just say my other idea because it goes along with this go for it then brad can take it away from here but my final idea is totally in line with your saying. It's a, a line of Bernstein Bear books sold exclusively at Urban Outfitters. <laughs> <laughs> and th- these are the four titles I came up with. The Bernstein Bears Vote Third Party. <laughs> yes. The Bernstein Bears Black Bear Lives Matter. Oh, no. <laughs> the Bernstein Bears Gender Neutral Bears Room. Okay. <laughs> Bears and then, Room. The final one is the Bernstein Bears and the Bear County or the Bear Country Climate Change. Okay, I'm gonna take exception with the fact that the Bears would use a different word for bath. <laughs> because room. I think we've established that they already know what a bathroom is called. <laughs> no, I like it. I like Urban it a Outfitters. Lot. Why at Urban Outfitters? Just the, the edge of your crowd. <laughs> Hot topic. Hot topic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Too bad they're closing all the wet seals. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't even know what goes on in wet seal. I don't either. Everyone with the mo- people would still have mohawks shot there. <laughs> yeah, no, do. but like along that line, like I think that there is room for like a line of a line of kids books like the Berenstain Bears that are mainstream but deal with topics like that. Like – trying to not just explain it to kids but to parents like sure. how to how to talk about this with kids however i would say this one thing that the berenstein even though everyone in the berenstein bears world has always been very um um traditionally gendered for example the stan and jan dealt with this i thought really well from very early on they always said that you know you know, both boys and girls can, like, do whatever they want. They had lots of books about that. Right. They were very progressive. They were also very progressive about environmental concerns. Like, Jeremy, you mentioned climate change. And and, um, whether it was, like, the nature guide or whether it was Go Green or the book about recycling, the, the bears have always been very close to nature and protecting, um, the environment. Keep, keep Pennsylvania beautiful. Yep, there you go. (laughs) Um, So I think that, like, it's not that big of a leap. Like, Mike may not call it the Berenstain Bears uh, Accept Climate Change as a title, but um, understanding how, you know, humans impact nature and the environment and our climate is changing because of things that we are, are doing is is a great topic for a children's book. Well, it's not too far off, like, what they've dealt with with, like, some of their science books, like, with actual factual. Like, they've dealt with pollution. Like, it feels like we used to be comfortable in kids' books talking about the way we're destroying the Earth. Mm -hmm. But recently it's become so political 
that we've backed away from it. But I think like now's a good time to like reintroduce environmental themes. With, they don't even necessarily have to be like what we think like because I think when people hear environmental, they think like oh hippy dippy. Mm-hmm. But I think that like you can like sell it as just like this is a series of like scientifically based books. Like get actual factual back up there. Have yeah. him just be like we're let's let's explore the Great Barrier Reef. Oh, we can't. Why? Because it's dead. <laughs> like oh, yeah. Like you can deal with things that are objectively true. Like the Great Barrier Reef is dying. Like. In you, I don't know, like set it in bear country somehow, like the great, I guess, barrier reef. Oh, and, and then like they're like, oh no, like it's it's dying. Like what's going on? Actual factual, and he can be like, wow, well, like it's your, it's our fault. <laughs> like we killed it. Now the world's so different from when we were younger because everything is so touchy now. Yeah, like I feel like any book that would have came out in the eighties, no one would have really been offended. You know what I mean? Like even if people didn't agree, now like everyone's ready to pounce on something that isn't in their viewpoint. Right, right. And that's what makes this hard. And that brings me up to uh, an idea for a book that I had, which is something I thought of a kid's book about well, two two ideas for Berenstain Bears, um, a, a book where brother has to learn a lesson about or brother or brother and sister learn a lesson about deciphering fact from the story mm. they're being sold. Oh, like Great. where. Well, everyone's saying this, or like I read it on this website, so isn't doesn't that make it true? And where the cubs the cubs have to learn that like just because something's in print or just because something is said loudly doesn't make it the truth. Or just because it conforms to what you want to believe doesn't make it true. Like to sort of try to like eliminate your bias and really go after the facts. Like I think that's something that kids can really latch on to these days and it's better to hit kids with that at a young age sure than try to teach adults that like if you can teach and, and to me that's very that's very like neutral like we're not saying that like you know the left or the right or religious sure. versus non-religious but just say like don't just accept what you're given like look into it just be comfortable looking into it because the truth might be a little different than what you're being sold that's great. And wouldn't you guys say that reading the, these books as, when we were kids made us objective thinkers as adults? Like, I'd say that these books played a part. Well, for sure, because you think of even some simpler themes, like whether it was Berenstain Bears learn about strangers or right. Berenstain Bears get lost in cyberspace. I mean, even though that book is really dated now, it was all about, like, well, you can't believe what people tell you necessarily. Right. You know, like, just because it's on the internet doesn't make it true. Well, that, that leads me into a kind of another another idea I had, and for some reason, like this one just really sticks with me, and it's, it doesn't seem as important, I think, like in from a social perspective. But I would love a book because I don't think this is dealt with, where the cubs learn about how do I how do I put it? Like basically, it's the Berenstain Bears learn about snark, who are like. You don't have to approach everything snarkily. You don't have to be like you don't have to all Yeah, you don't have to be jaded about everything that approaches you. You can approach things sincerely and like appreciate things. You don't have to be like the funniest bear in the room all the time. Right. Like like you uh, like we're maybe like brother like like starts like trying to like be the funniest guy in his group and so like anytime a new book comes out or a new movie comes out they're, all they start doing is just tearing it down and like finding out what's wrong, like pointing out what's wrong with it. But like it makes him so un, like 
no one wants to, like, people just start like just expecting him to be jaded and he realizes that it's been a long time since he's actually like just sat down and enjoyed something that he used to like like i think that that's something we see a lot of online and like what people expected my like podcast to be originally which was like just making fun of the berenstain bears like I, everything has to be ironic now yeah so, like heartfelt Mm-hmm. Like maybe a book where like brother learns to like step back or sister learns to step back because I think sister hangs out with a lot of like sarcastic kids. Right. Like actually, brother's like the more sincere one. I think like he's the yep. one like he and cousin Fred are going to be like a lot more genuine. I think sister with like Queenie and all them are more likely to be like a little cattier and snarkier about pop culture. So there's my idea. Like, do you feel like would Sister Bear and Daria be friends in like parallel universes? <laughs> right. Or maybe there's like a Daria XP, like who moves into town and like teaches sister to like just be jaded and sarcastic about everything. So, any more ideas there, Brad? Yeah, you have um, some more, don't you? Yeah, well, um, this is going to sound pretty terrible, but um, <laughs> I think either um, Grizzly Gramps or Grizzly Grand have to die. Oh. Oh. Like, but it could happen, though. Honey Bear came in the picture, so let someone out of it. But I don't want it to be a Zonder Kids book. Okay. You know, I want it to be about the universal truth of, like, life and death and coping with that. Like, yeah. Like, that we we lose people and, um, like, dealing, like, it's it's okay to be sad and, um, like, we, sh- we can treasure, you know, the memories and uh, I just think that that's a book that children's book authors are really kind of afraid of. Mm-hmm. I, I know when I was a kid, there were no books, at least that I had, about the topic. I know there are some out there now. Right. But I think that that's like a another serious topic that um, that they could really address that would find an audience because parents sometimes don't know how to talk to kids sure. about mortality. I totally agree. When our... Uh... When uh, my six-year-old, a couple of years ago, when her great-grandmother died, they were, like, really close. And I went online and I was like, can people just please, like, give me some ideas for kids' books that deal with, like, death? And there are some good ones out there, but I think it would be, like, I think it's imp- like it would be cool for the Berenstain Bears to have, like, maybe, like, a series of, like, four books. Like, one where, like, one of the grandparents actually dies and then, like, a couple of follow-up books, like, that sort of – Cover because like it's a process, so maybe one yeah. where like the cubs deal with the initial like shock, and then one where like they sort of deal with the aftermath, and maybe like one for brother and one for sister, because like maybe brother deals with it like by like ignoring it, and sister like deals with it by like really acting out, and how like both ways are perfectly valid, right? But like they sort of like the the mama and papa have to learn like to navigate that difficult terrain while also going through their own mourning like that's a like so kids can also learn that like they're feeling big feelings but also the grown-ups in their lives are feeling big feelings and it could show the surviving grandparent and you know how they're still alive and well after the other one's gone hopefully (laughs) yeah yeah i hope (laughs) oh god it got really dark i know (laughs) Oh man! I mean, you know, I guess you don't want to like follow that train too far. Well, you know, like, like maybe, sim- maybe like a grandparent like moves in with them. Maybe like for like the next like future books, like they actually have like an extended like family member living yeah. with them. Grizzly Grand moves in, and her and sister become closer. Yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah, I get. I think there's like a. I mean, I don't know how how open they are to like shaking up the dynamic, but they brought Honey Bear in, and she sure as heck hasn't shaken anything up. No. <laughs> 
all that all that's happening with that is like it's getting more and more awkward to like not fit her into stories. <laughs> I know. I never really latched on to Honey Bear. Like I no, know was... she doesn't have a character. Yeah, she's just kind of. Yeah. Hasn't didn't they say like she's always going to be like yeah. eighteen months old or something? Correct. Like, like she'll never grow up, but that means that she'll never do anything. Like sister was only a baby for one book, and then they made her five. Right. Yep. Like make Honey. Like I don't know. Give Honey Bear like maybe give her like a. A Herald in the Purple Crayon series of like books where she like it's Honey Bear's like magic like a- imagination land or something like give mm. her like maybe she's like secretly a genius or <laughs> like she's like this genius trapped in this like child's body and she has like all these like amazing ideas maybe retell all the stories but from Honey Bear's perspective and she's secretly like the smartest bear in the room yeah that'd be like, cool if they showed like up. her insight to everything <laughs> right. <laughs> Like at the end of the story, like, Honey Bear got it before anyone else did. Or maybe, like, all the conflicts have actually secretly been brought about by Honey Bear. Uh, yeah. And so you see where, like, she was the decide- like the she was the triggering factor in, like, every problem the Bear family's had since she was born. Well, I feel like what you just mentioned there was kind of a natural segue to my last idea, which is the Berenstain Bears and the parallel universe. Oh, no. In oh. which we discover the other family of Berenstain Bears that is spelled E-I-N. Oh! And this book is going to be released on April 1st, 2018. That would be awesome. And I think it could be a lot of fun. Oh, they could have so much fun with that. Yeah. I totally think that uh, that Mike should write a Mandela Effect Berenstain Bears Yeah. Book. The blogosphere would go crazy. It would. It would. He would sell millions. <laughs> they should. They should like put out a call like to, to readers like how how many different ways did your parents mispronounce the Berenstain Bears name <laughs> mm-hmm. throughout the years? And then he should like have the Berenstains have the Bear family meet like the alternate universe Bear family. But then at the very end, like there's a major rift, and like the Bernstein Bears come through, <laughs> and the Bernstein Bears come yeah. through, just like. <laughs> They just, it just, and they, they're just flooded like with every single variant. Maybe they meet their like TV counterparts. Yeah. Like we're the ABC family. <laughs> like, well, we're the we're the PBS family, and like the the ABC family is far more slapsticky than the PBS family, who's very calm. And so, soon out of a job. No. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to say though, people misspelling the name has led to me to find some things on eBay sometimes. Oh, oh, like if you enter the misspelled name? Yeah, I found some, like, didn't I find a really rare book that way, Brad? Yeah. I can't remember which book it was, but I, I found something. I, I definitely found some, some rare items that way because, like, they're just floating out there and they butchered the, the spelling of the name. And I, I sometimes type in six or seven different variations right. and you find a rare item for super cheap. I, I think it might have been the Toy Animals book that mm-hmm. they spelled wrong. I'm still, I still get frustrated that, like, anytime, like, my podcast gets brought up or the subject of brought up. Someone always has to jump in with the Mandela effect still like years later. <laughs> I'm like, it's the subject. The subject is still going on, isn't it? Like we still haven't settled on that. Have we? I feel like that's the most cultural relevant thing in the Berenstain universe in a long time. You know it's I mean? like, so weird. The books themselves aren't really shaking anything up like they did at one point. So that is kind of how people know the bears now. In the mainstream, I feel like. Yeah, I guess. I wonder how sick Mike is of hearing about it. Oh, very sick, I'm sure. <laughs> well, is that it for our, our future ideas, guys? I think so, but I, I hope that – I think what Jeremy just said there is, like, so important. Like, if, if Mike wants to wants to really shake things up and have the sort of 
impact that some of those first-time books had in the in the 80s, he should take some of these um, uh, ideas to heart and um, and and he might inspire a whole new generation of, of well, fans. And I was just going to say, I'm I'm writing all these ideas down. I'm going to mail them to myself. So uh, <laughs> trademark, trademark, trademark. Uh, the three of us own all these ideas. Oh. So. Uh, so uh, if anyone wants to use it, we're going to have to pay us the requisite amount of uh, $200,000 per idea. Okay, you know, if, I, we're, if we're just dumping ideas, then the Berenstain Bears haven't climbed a mountain yet, and right, they right. haven't, they haven't um, gone to the airport and flown on an airplane. They haven't gone to a soda bottling factory. Um, they, <laughs> haven't, uh, they haven't learned how to make shoes. They haven't opened a brewery. <laughs> Perfect. Well, so everyone listening out there, we, we've written all these ideas down. No one can take them. They belong to us. Trademark uh, Deep in Bear Country. Trademark Brad Marisco. Trademark Jeremy Gloff. Trademark Phil Gonzalez. Uh, we own these. If you, anyone comes up with any ideas like these, you're going to owe us so much amazing money. Guys, thank you so much for being on the show again. Thank you. Thank you. Will you return with some more uh, topics to talk about? Absolutely. Anytime. Yep. All right, so where can we find you guys online? You can find me at www.theberenstainbearscollectors.com. And you can find me at jeremygloff.com. That's G-L-O-F-F. And we're all on Facebook if you want to find us. Yes, and I'm uh, Phil Gonzalez, and uh, you can find this show at Berenstain Bears. Uh, (laughs) That's not even where I'm at. (laughs) (laughs) Berenstainbearcast.wordpress.com. I'm on Twitter at bstainbearcast. Uh, or you can write to me at berenstainbearcast at gmail.com. Uh, so I'll get you guys back on here, and we can talk about more Berenstain Bear stuff. Sounds good. Perfect. All right. And for all the listeners out there, we will see you next time deep, deep in, in bear, bear country. Oh, that was unbearable. <laughs> oh. Well done. Now get out. <laughs>